Jesus and the cross. A little ways back, there was a, a group of students here at the Newman Center, and they all encountered Christ, which is the goal. And so they were like, this is awesome. We have our faith. Let's live together next year. So the next year, they got an apartment, but then things kind of started to change. Something happened in one student's life, and they had to leave campus. Another student stopped going to Mass. And the other roommate started to have her boyfriend stay over. And so this girl said something. She said, you know, I, I'm not comfortable with someone I'm not related to of the opposite sex staying overnight in my house. And I'm concerned for you and, and what's good for your heart. To which her friend said, mind your own business. And distance herself. And so this young lady, this student, felt the cross. Like, what the heck, God? I'm trying to, like, be faithful and follow you. And now I feel, like, abandoned. But by the grace of God, she took her pain, she took that cross to the Lord. She, she allowed that burden to be something that she could offer to God. And God began to transform her heart, actually increase her heart to love her roommates and these people even more, so much so that this young lady went on to become a focused missionary and helped many other students come to know Christ. Jesus presents Peter and his disciples today with the necessity of the cross. And it's the same kind of pattern of what happens today in the gospel that happens to us. Maybe at some point we encounter Christ. That we, maybe, maybe we come to Mass and it's like, that was nice. You know, I, I just feel a little peace and I'm glad I came. It's subtle, but peace only comes from the Lord. Or maybe we go on a retreat or a conference or something and, and we really just have a sense that God is real and he loves me as I am. And so the disciples, they have this high moment, right? Who do people say that I am? But more importantly, who do you say that I am? That's a, that's a question that each one of us have to ask and answer almost every day. Like, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus is the Christ. Christ means the anointed one, the, the Messiah, the one who's to save people from their sins and save me where I am. And so they get it. Like they have this high moment, but then Jesus goes on. He starts teaching them about how redemption will happen. The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed and rise after three days. So redemption will happen through the cross. And Peter wants nothing to do with that. Like, Jesus, I want you, but I don't want your cross. Which is understandable, right? Like, who? nobody wants to suffer. Why would anybody want to suffer? That's not, what, that's not what's happening here. But Jesus shows us, and he's telling them, that the path 
to redemption, the path to the resurrection, must pass through the crucifixion. So Peter rejecting that, it's, it's so serious to, to, to want Jesus in good times, but not in bad. To want Jesus, but not the cross, is so serious that Jesus gives his greatest disciple his strongest rebuke in all the scriptures. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. But that's a temptation we all want, right? Like, I want the roses and the butterflies without the thorns, you know? I want the bees, but no stinger, you know? Like, I, I, want, I want to go to heaven, but you mean there's a path? There's a, there's a price? There's a cost? There's a cross? But Jesus is telling them, like, he's telling them in that moment of consolation. That, and he's saying that, that same consolation that you're experiencing, that same goodness, that same uh, proclamation of faith, it's still true the whole time. That just because Jesus is suffering, just because I'm suffering, doesn't mean that Jesus is not God. Doesn't mean that God is not still with me. Because here's a philosophical point, right? That God, God can't love me more or God can't love me less because God is infinitely the same. God is perfect. So he can't be like more perfect or more loving. He's perfect. And so if God loves me, God always loves me. So when I'm on my knees in the chapel, he loves me. When I'm fill in the blank, when I'm at my lowest and I feel ashamed and I feel like I walk into church and everybody knows what I've done, God loves me. And how much more important it is to know his love in that moment. And so that's what Jesus is setting them up for. He's saying, know this so that when the suffering happens, when the sin happens, I want you to know that it's part of my plan. You see, I think sometimes college students, we like, we forget that sin is part of his plan. But we feel like, no, 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 I sinned, I screwed up the plan. Sin and suffering are part of his plan of redemption. But the difference is whether I bring them to him. The difference is whether I look for Jesus, I turn to Jesus, when I feel the weight of the cross. And, and it's in every difficulty. The small, the big, like even this week at, at Newman Night, I, was, I asked some students, I was, like, I was like, hey, it's the third week of school, like, how you doing? And the response was, Ugh. I was like, yeah, third week of school, let's do it, you know, like... Does that mean that God's not with me? No, it, it becomes precisely the invitation to turn to Jesus when I feel the weight of the cross. I, I, I've had some students talking to me like, uh, some true colors are coming out now with my roommates now that it's been three weeks. You know, like, um, we're starting to figure out, like, anyways, like, we have freedom and maybe not always for good things. You know, so like, but it's like, so what do we do with that? Do we go gossip to everybody? 
do we do we file a complaint with the school board? I mean, you may you may need to do that, by the way. But like, like, what do we do with that? The first invitation is we we turn to the Lord. We say, Lord, I feel the the, the pressure, the heaviness of the cross, which tells me, which should tell us and signal to us, Jesus is near. That Jesus is here too. That's why Catholics we always have Jesus on the cross. Why? Because he's still suffering? No, because he wants to be with me in my suffering. Did I have an invitation to turn to him? That Jesus is always with his cross. And with him comes my redemption. With him at the foot of the cross is Mary. And so what's beautiful about Peter and the Lord is, even though Peter's like, no, and Jesus is like, you're acting like Satan, that Jesus never rejects Peter. That even when you and I get it wrong, Jesus still wants Peter close to him. So much so that he, he, he makes him the, the founding pope of our church, right? He goes on to become a great saint. And so that, that even though Peter wants to run from the, the cross at times, that he learns to say yes to it. He learns to say what Jesus says in the garden. You know, because... God still wants us to be real. That's what he wants more than anything, actually. He wants us to be honest. And so Jesus says, take this cup from me. I don't like this cross. But not what I will, what you will. That I freely choose this. And I think this is one of the most powerful things in all the scriptures. Because you and I experience suffering. And we don't know where it's going to go. I feel the cross, but it, and it feels like redemption will never happen. I feel the darkness of the night, and it feels like the sun will never shine. And precisely in that moment is an invitation to turn to the Lord to say, I don't like this, and I'm going to tell you all about it. That's what the Lord says. Tell me all about that. And we have the invitation to say with Jesus, but not what I will, what you will. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, uh, even yesterday, people are like, Father, with all this, with the church and the news and all this stuff going on, like, how do you feel about that? I said, you know what I feel? I feel the weight of sin. And I feel bad that any instance of abuse has ever happened. And if it's happened, then praise God it's coming to the light. I, I feel bad and angry at sin that any instance of cover-up, say, has ever happened. And praise God, it's coming to the light. Well, but this is really hard for priests and bishops. It's like, ask me how hard it was for those people that went through that. This is nothing. And actually, what's beautiful about the Lord is to say that for all of us, including that person, who probably feels like God has forgotten them, that Jesus says, I have a plan for you too. I have a plan for the cross that you didn't ask for, but was dumped on you. That if you invite me into that, if you allow me to help you carry that, that that will be the same cross that brings about your sanctity and redemption. That's the same invitation that all of us have today. I, every one of us has a different cross, you know. And the invitation is to turn to the Lord in that. You know, maybe it's something happening in our families, our relationships, our, our roommates. 
And the invitation is to say, Jesus, come be with me. Jesus, let me tell you what I'm going through. And, and what I want you to know is that the Lord is always with you. No matter what happens. No matter, yeah. And that any challenge, any difficulty, any change, the Lord is inviting us to turn to him. For example, one day, you students, you're going to leave the Newman Center. You can't stay in heaven forever. Just kidding. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're going to leave. You're going to go to a new parish. You're going to go, maybe you go to your home parish. And maybe, maybe the priest is different. And maybe the priest preaches really long, which is what I'm trying to prepare you for. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe the mass feels different. Maybe the community feels different. And we can choose to run from that and complain that they changed my church. Or we can recognize that God is doing something. And precisely where I feel uncomfortable or I don't like this is an invitation to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, somehow you're trying to bring about my transformation, my redemption. And I say, yes. Take this cup from me. But I say, yes. There's a, a, a terrible situation happening in my family, and I wish it wasn't happening, but I say yes to it. Like Jesus says in John 10, nobody takes my life from me. I freely lay it down. That, that nobody dumps a cross on me. I, I, I choose to accept it because by accepting this cross, I'm accepting God's will for my life that's going to bring about my redemption. Why would I want anything else? I don't want, I wish it was different. I don't like it, and I can say that, but I say yes, and I choose this. Because the one tool that, that God has, the one tool that Jesus uses to make me a saint is the cross. Yesterday, last story, we had a, a marriage preparation day retreat with about a dozen couples or so. And one of the couples was, you know, the presenting couples was telling their story. And they shared how they felt called to marriage, but for many years, they couldn't find the right person. And so now they're, you know, they're in their mid-20s, late-20s, and they're feeling like, did God forget about me? Like, does God not care? Everybody else has a significant, everyone else is getting married, and we're not. Does God not care? But instead of turning away from God, instead of feeling resentful, they actually turned towards God. And it was on a, a church retreat where they were serving high school students that they met each other. So they go on and they get married and they're living their lives and they felt really called to be parents. We feel called to have children. But it didn't happen on their schedule. I have a plan. Okay, we'll, get, we'll enjoy each other for a couple of years, then we'll start having kids. But the kids never came. And once again, they felt abandoned by God and frustrated. But rather than turning away from God, they said, God must be doing something here. And so they turned towards God. And it was turning towards them that they continued to be changed. And God changed their heart. God enlarged their heart where they said, maybe, maybe God wants something different than we thought. So maybe he wants us to adopt. So they adopted a child. And it was such a blessing. They said, our hearts have enlarged. God, we're ready for even more. And they adopted another child. And right about then is when she found out, miraculously, that she was pregnant. 
And she went on to have, they went on to have three children of their own. But, but then something happened again, that they got pregnant again. They were so excited, but it ended in a miscarriage. And then another one. And then another one. Which is a pain and a grief that people experience and we, we need to talk about. That there's healing there for people. But something was different this time. That because they had learned, because they had practiced always turning to Jesus, because they remembered that high moment of God loving them and always doing better for them than they ever could have dreamed, that once again, that even though they were feeling the cross and the pain and the loss, they said, God must be doing something. And so the time between experiencing it and turning to the Lord was so much shorter that very quickly, almost immediately, they started to recognize Jesus with them. Because to feel a cross without Jesus is hell. To, to want Jesus without his cross is an illusion. But Jesus and his cross is salvation.